Welcome to 321 iRelaunch. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO of iRelaunch. We bring you the most effective career reentry products and services. In each episode of 321 iRelaunch, we'll be speaking with guest experts in the career reentry space to help make your transition back to work smooth and successful. Our guest today is Michael Nees creator of interviewmastery.com, the world's most widely used job interview program. Now used by 54,000 job seekers in 73 countries, over 100 career centers in the US, and recruiting agencies to help people get hired faster and with more confidence. Today, we are going to be talking about interview strategy and interview mastery. So hello, Michael. Thank you for being with us today. Hello, Carol. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm thrilled to be speaking with you uh, because interviewing is intimidating uh, for even people who think they're really good at it. Uh, And relaunchers in particular often come to the interview table without recent interview practice, and we feel less than confident uh, when we're in that situation. So I really want to talk to you and gain your wisdom about, gain access to your wisdom about what relaunchers can do to make the interview process more comfortable and ultimately more successful. Sounds terrific. So I guess I wanted to start with the preparation piece. Do you recommend um, before people even think about sort of what they're going to say and how they're going to say it, and I want to get into more detail about that, Mm -hmm. is there some sort of a mindset that they need to get themselves in? Yes, that's actually an excellent question because your performance actually begins long before you actually get to the interview and the one major piece is this intellectual preparation. Now the mistake people make is they say, oh, I'm gonna have to read my resume and let me read the job description and check the LinkedIn profile of the person I'm interviewing for and read the company website. Okay, I'm all done. But they're not gonna ask you hardly any of that. What you need to do is be prepared to talk about any dimension of your background at a at a moment's notice. So the the most useful thing is you refresh your memory by taking an invent an organized inventory of all of your experience and your skills now one mistake people make is they assume that if you didn't get paid to do something it doesn't count mm-hmm. and you know this quite well that uh, volunteer experience academic projects that all counts and here's why it counts it's because it provides evidence of a talent or a competency that you have demonstrated so you might be volunteering at the the Parent Teachers Association are volunteering on a project at school or organizing a, uh, a sports team or something. Mm-hmm. There's competencies and skills that you're demonstrating even though you're not getting paid for it. So when you're inventorying your talents, you just want to first make a list on the left-hand side. Just think of it as an Excel spreadsheet. And you start by saying, uh, well, here's the different types of activities that I've worked on. So you might list a volunteer project or an academic project. And then, all right, well, what did I actually do? Well, I had to plan, I had to do some analysis, I had to uh, do some root cause evaluation or something. And then you can go 
backwards in time and for specifically for relaunchers and you can think about all right well here's the positions i held and what were the things that i did and the answer to the things that I did is typically starts with an action verb that ends in ed. So it's mm -hmm. formulated, procured, managed, estimated, those kinds of things. Now, as you move from your left hand column of your spreadsheet to the next column is you identify what the focus was of your efforts. Like, okay, so I project managed what? What, what was it that I was doing? So it might be people or it might be a project or something else. Then mm -hmm. as you move to the next column to the right, just make a list of the industries that you have worked in. And then the, the final column on the right, you might make a list of some of the qualitative or quantitative results that you can identify. And now the mistake that people make on identifying their results is they say, well, I'm, um, they make it only within their position. Well, I completed this project. Mm -hmm. Well, like, but completing a project, think of the additional benefits downstream that it had. So you might have, I completed this project, which improved our search engine optimization that contributed to increased revenue or increased traffic on our website. So it's not just about what you did. It's the implications of what you did that mm -hmm. make what you accomplished it, it helps your listener, your interviewer, put it in context what you actually did. Right. And it makes, makes it sound a lot more significant, too. Right. Thank you. So um, you've gone through this process of organizing uh, your uh, background and what you did in, in the different columns that you've just described and, uh, you know, how to think about it with those action verbs and the um, implications of what you did. And then how do you recommend that people then prepare themselves? Do they think about an anecdote from each one of their prior work and volunteer experiences? And if they, or do they do something different? And then do they practice this out loud? Do they practice it with other people? How do they get good and comfortable at talk about talking about themselves and their background? You can do make yourself a a mock interview, you can first write down the questions you expect, just like two or three questions, and then make a list of two or three questions that you're really terrified of having them ask you. And then just make yourself a uh, little bullet points that you want to communicate for each of those questions. And you're only, now you only have a list of like six or seven questions, mm -hmm. the ones you expect and the one you're terrified of. And then you can just ask a friend, hey, can we just meet, meet for coffee? And all I need you to do is just sit there, ask me the question, and let me give you the answer. And so you have your little practice guide with you, and you just practice hearing the words come out of you. And doing it in a live situation like that is much better than standing in front of the mirror mm -hmm. and doing it. Mm -hmm. And your friends, are, your, your friends want to help you. They desperately want to help you, and but they don't know how. They think, oh, well, if I can't recommend her for a job that's open right now, then oh, I'm not really doing much. But if you ask them if, to mock interview you and all they need to do is show up with a list of – and you're going to give them the list of questions, they're like, oh, my God, I'd love to do that. Thank you for letting me help you. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Thank you. Um, let's talk about some specific questions um, that people – in general find tricky to answer and also some questions that are more unique 
to relaunchers, mm -hmm. and I'd like to get your advice on how you think people should answer them. So um, there's always that question about describing your strengths and weaknesses, and the weakness is always the one that, like, how do you talk about a weakness and without sounding like you're you're putting forth a fake weakness? Mm. Um, like, you know, I it's just so hard for me to to control my urge to work 24 hours and get so many things done, and I have to really work to curb that. You know, how, oh, yes. how do you answer that question realistically and truthfully? Oh, so this topic about weaknesses, it actually has two parts. First, it's the responding to the question, tell me about a weakness that you have. That's one part. And the second part is overcoming an actual weakness that you have for the job. So let's take it in two parts. The okay. first part is when they ask you, so tell me about a weakness that you have. First, you don't want to try and turn a weakness into a positive because literally the interviewer is going to roll their eyes and go, oh my God, not this again. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you also don't want to identify a weakness that's in the job description. Mm -hmm. So think of a weakness, an area of your life that you either want to improve, a new skill you want to learn, or something that you just finished learning, or something you're planning to learn. So let's say that you're um, thinking of learning a new language and you're going to interview for an international company. Almost everybody's international and te teams are bilingual, uh, just, just the reality of the world. So the interviewer asks you, so tell me about a weakness that you have. You say, well, that's first you can say, yeah, that's a really good question. <laughs> we live in a global society where ever, we're always interacting with people all over the world. So I made a point to start learning a new language and I chose to focus on Spanish or French or whatever it is. And so this is an area where uh, a weakness that I'm trying to prove on. And the other thing you do is you describe what you're doing about it. So you identify the weakness and you describe what you're doing about it. That's the most important part. Mm. So, so that is describe a weakness that you have. Now, if you have an actual weakness and the interviewer says something like, well, I'm concerned about your lack of industry experience and you don't have any pharmaceutical experience. And you're, what you want to do is first say, you know, that's a good question. Mm -hmm. Here's the three things, the strengths that I feel I do bring to the position. What people have, my research in the pharmaceutical industry, we'll use that as an example. Here's what people have told me are required to be successful in this industry. They said ability to multitask, ability to quickly problem solve, and ability to what they called intellectual agility, being able to respond to changing business priorities. Mm -hmm. And the fourth thing I, they identified was, um, I don't know, industry experience. So of the first three things, I can tell you that I have examples in my background where I have demonstrated intellectual agility, ability to multitask, ability to change problems, you know, solve problems very quickly. And I'm happy to give you some examples where I've demonstrated those. And so I'm very confident that I can actually get up to speed rather quickly in a new industry by leveraging the things that I've already done that are required for success in this industry and investing the time to get up to speed as quickly as possible. Now, the other thing you can do is if you have ever gone into a new industry and you had no industry experience, you can say, for example, 
I went into the publishing industry. I had never worked there before. And here's what I did to get up to speed within two weeks. Mm -hmm. so, okay, yeah. very good. I just want to probe a little further um, on that, that weakness question. Mm -hmm. Is there any other example you can give besides the language example? Oh, sure. Let's say that let's say that I am uh, going into a sales position, and the to ex to make sure that I'm understanding the business needs of my customers. I felt that it was it was important that I get more sophisticated understanding of accounting and finance principles. Mm -hmm. So what I have already done is I've already researched and about to start a, a class. On accounting and finance at you know the local community college because even in a sales role now if I'm able to more accurately speak the language of my prospective clients in a financial perspective then I have a greater relationship I'm able to improve my sales performance when I put together statements of work it can I'm I'm more sophisticated in how I describe the return on investment in terms of dollars and cents mm -hmm. Very good. Thank you. Okay. I appreciate Thanks. that example. Um, all right. Another question that relaunchers tend to get asked, and it's sometimes a veiled um, ageism mm -hmm. question, is when the employer, uh, the interviewer might say, you know, you seem, real, you seem really overqualified for this mm. position. Looking on your prior work experience, I know you've been out of the work, experience, uh, work uh, world for a while but it seems that you are much more senior before your career break and I'm not understanding why you are looking at this particular position for which it, it appears that you're very overqualified. Well, actually that's, that's an excellent question and I do bring a lot of experience to the position and I think that I can contribute in lots of ways. But before I even submitted my application for this position, I took a look at your company and the kinds of things that you were looking to accomplish and I said, I not only I not only feel I can deliver a lot of value, but I also am really interested. So what you have in front of you is a person who brings a good deal of experience, who's very interested in this position and very interested in your company. Because the the reason that you know the things that are most important to me in in a position, I'm looking for an opportunity, you know, for growth, um, work with a great team and where I can deliver a great deal of value. And so all three of those things are already in place, which makes this the right position for me at this time. Mm, good. I like the emphasis on this is the right position for me at this time. Mm. Um, we like to underscore for relaunchers that they describe to employers that they intentionally targeted this particular position because it's perfect for them at their current life stage, which is uh, yes. almost the same way of, of, of making the same point. Um, yes. So I, I'm really glad you pointed that out. Um, any other questions that you think sort of tiptoe around an ageism issue that people who um, are in their 50s or older should be aware of and any advice on how to respond to those? Yeah, uh, let's see. In addition to the ageism, that's a nice way to put it, mm -hmm. situation, 
is realize that even if they don't articulate, actually, they're not going to say it, so you might right. as well bring it up. Mm -hmm. It's almost, you know, that technique they say, put the elephant on the table. Mm -hmm. So you can use the same strategy as you did with uh, being overqualified, because that's almost, the they say overqualified when they really mean overage. Yes. <laughs> so you can say, you can say, you know, you, you might be wondering why, why I'm interested in this position because at this stage of, of my career. Mm. And I can tell you that I did do a great deal of research about your company and I really thought hard about the skills that I could deliver to this position. So I feel like, again, this is the right position for me at, this, at the right time and the right stage of my career because like everybody, the things that are important to me are not necessarily money and fame and visibility and scope of responsibility. It's all about quality of life and the quality of the results you can deliver. And that's why I'm really excited to, to chat with you. Mm. Thank you, Michael. That's a great point. Um, let me just change directions for a minute and um, ask you about just general tips to remember during an interview. Are there certain questions that you think are almost always asked? And are there, um, is there advice that you can give for the surprise question that you had not prepared for and you, you know how do you handle that if you are not sure at all what the answer is <laughs> okay there's there's a few things there so the questions that you can expect one they're always going to ask you tell me about yourself and this is a fabulous opportunity for you. So in your response, you, you start by summarizing the skills that you bring to this specific job or this specific industry. So this is why inventorying your skills and researching the job are very important. So you highlight the things that you bring to the position when you're telling them about yourself. And then you might highlight some personal qualities that you think also the personal quality, not personal qualities, but more intellectual agility, ability to solve problems. Here's what people have said about you. But then after you're done doing that 60 second uh, response to tell me about yourself, you want to ask a question. Mm -hmm. And the question can be, what part of my background would you like to discuss first? Mm. Now, this gets to another uh, question that you asked me which is things that people should think about during the context of an in, the, in an interview. And the thing you should think about is that this is a conversation between peers. This is not you, oh my gosh, I need a job. You're not subordinate. They need you at least as much as you need them, probably more, because they have problems that need to be solved. So what you do, when you give a response to a question, I mean, when you respond to their question, and then you ask a little question at the end, you are promoting a two-way conversation. Mm -hmm. If you don't do that, you're going to get interrogated and it's your own fault. Got it. Because you have forced the interviewer to just ask all the questions and you have demonstrated that, eh, you're not gonna ask anything, you're just gonna give them some answers and that's an interrogation. Got it. Oh, another question that you're always going to get is the salary question. Ah. Uh, everybody hates this one. Yes. But here's what I want you to say. When they ask you, you know, what are your salary expectations? The first thing you're going to say is, oh, I'm so glad you asked me that. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and what you say is, I realize, that, um, I realize that we need to make sure that if we get downstream here, 
that our your salary range and my expectations are aligned. Good. So what's the salary range? And I'll just let you know where I fit. Okay. And then do you anticipate that they're going to play this game with you where no one wants to say the first number? They usually don't. Well, first of all, they don't expect you to ask about the salary range. And even sophisticated recruiters will answer this question because I've been counseling people how to respond to, you know, the salary question. And their one approach is, you know, don't give them a number. Mm -hmm. And I have preached this advice a lot, you know, for years. And the way that you could do that is say, well, rather than give you a specific number, let me just tell you what are the most important qualities that I look for in a job. And then you can say quality of the team, growth opportunity, location, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so, but you're still not addressing they need a number. Mm -hmm. So the simplest way to respond is, I'm so glad you asked. I know you need to make sure that we're aligned. Just tell me what the range is and I'll tell you where I fit in there. Mm -hmm. So, the, and it catches them off guard and they usually, I would say well over 90% of the time they you know, they'll answer. Okay. So, so give it a try. It's, right. And you're, you're, you're starting from intention. You know, I know, I realize that, um, you need to make sure that we're aligned and my intention is to give you that information. Right. Right. Yeah. And sometimes, um, relaunches run into a couple of problems. First of all, um, they're, they're occasionally asked in an online application before they interview. Even if they someone has a resume, they then have to fill out an online application. Mm. And sometimes it requires salary history. Uh, mm -hmm. And so that can work one of two ways for the relauncher. It could be that the relauncher ended up pretty senior and at a pretty high salary level. But again, as with the overqualified situation, they're perfectly willing to take uh, and understand that they may have to take a much lower compensation um, mm -hmm. to get back in, especially if they're potentially changing fields or if they've been out for a really long time. Um, yes. So that's kind of a unique conversation that happens where the interviewer will say, wow, I see you were making quite a bit of money here before your career break. Um, and then the other piece is, is that you were making a certain amount, but in today's dollars, it would actually be a lot more. And so you mm -hmm. you actually want to be making more than you were making before um, because you want that translation to be understood that it's, you know, if you look at it in today's dollars, I was actually making X and that's the salary range that I'm truly interested in. Any comments yes. on either side of that spectrum? Well, you first you have to know, the best thing you can do is do some research, you know, you can go to salary.com and there's several other sites that will give you insights as what the salary range for a specific discipline in an industry, in a specific location. Mm -hmm. So you can get an idea. Now that will give you the market range. The thing that you don't have knowledge of is what's the range inside of this company. So if you're, if you're asked what your salary, so you're, you're communicating with a computer on this online application and you can you have a choice you either put in the real numbers or you just put zero zero comma triple zero mm. because you're just talking to a computer right. that that's trying to validate the data that you just inputted into this data field right i hate these applicant tracking systems yes uh, anyway i even filed a patent for a better one <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was many years ago and so if the system will let you just put in zero mm. 
then do that yeah. because it's just going to go into a resume database and hopefully the recruiter will get some kind of alert that somebody responded to this job and here's their resume and so what they what their internal recruiter does and I used to be one is they're looking to match up skill sets you know they're a buzz they're just buzzword matchers mm -hmm. that's what they are so they they're motivated to make sure that the people that they submit to the hiring manager are qualified to do the position mm -hmm. and if the hiring manager says yeah this person looks pretty good the recruiter comes back and calls you and asks you some other lame questions but what they really want to know is your salary mm -hmm. and then you can respond voice to voice uh, about the the salary number got it I really yeah. really like that tip um, putting those zeros in because that probably allows you to move to the next step and still upload yes. your resume so yes. that's perfect um, I just remembered a question that I wanted to ask you earlier and then I want to, um, to get some tips from you about follow-up on interviews hmm. but um, the question that I'm remembering now that I forgot to ask when we were talking about um, the ageism and you said you should just bring it up um, so like it's the elephant in the room yeah um, so the question is do you really just bring it up independently or do you wait for the interviewer to bring it up well you have to use your instinct in this one and if you have a just how does this conversation feel and if they have if they're substantially younger than you and that's likely to be the case yes there's no risk in bringing it up there is risk in not bringing it up but essentially what you're doing in bringing up you you're bringing it up to communicate why you feel this is the right job for you at this at this point and you've already decided based on what you know about this company and this position that you're really interested so you're bringing it up and you get a chance to express your interest and if you don't you missed an opportunity to express your interest and address a concern that they are that's very risky for them to raise you know if they raise the if they say the age thing oh my gosh that's that's <laughs> that's a flashpoint so they're right. not going to say that okay um, okay so let's talk about um, uh, interview follow-up and mm. how long you should wait before you follow up and um, how many times and what your mm. advice is yes at the end of the interview you can ask them what would be when would you like me to follow up and how now if they say well we'll get back to you in two weeks or two days no matter what they say they're lying but they don't know they're lying <laughs> they might they might think you are awesome and you're like oh my god I can't wait to get her back in here for this job and I'm gonna call you in two days <laughs> and you're you're, okay. you're thinking oh mm -hmm. they just made a commitment to me to make call me back in two days but their job rhythm you know priorities it is not their own a lot of times so stuff gets in the way so they might not call you for a week and all by the time they call you you're mad at them so no matter what they say they're lying but they just don't know they're lying uh, when you follow up <clears throat> I would follow up first you get immediately the, the, that day you follow uh. up with the email and that's the the short quick response <clears throat> the second thing I want you to do is I want you to handwrite a letter Mm -hmm. A little thank you note to 
everybody you met. And the reason you're going to do this is for differentiation because nobody does it anymore. And I can't tell you how many times I have done that and people save the cards and put them on their desks. Uh, and all I'm doing is a professional <laughs> follow-up that used to be normal. And if you didn't do it, you were weird. But now if you do it, you have an opportunity for, for differentiation. Now, mm. whenever you, so you have immediately that day, you sent a short little follow-up email. You've handwritten a note. It's not going to arrive for several days to a week. And then um, after you put that in the mail, it's like a week later, I would follow up with them. And when you follow up, you want to do one of two things, either ask a question or provide some additional information about you. Or actually, there's a third thing you can do, and which is if you see a press release from a competitor or a press release from the company you just interviewed mm -hmm. with, you can okay. just copy the URL and say, oh, I thought I saw this activity with your at your, at your competitors just to wanted to make sure you saw it because the people inside the a company are not monitoring what their competitors press releases are um, so what you're doing is you're trying to not get lost in the the flow of their day because time is your enemy and a press release your thank you your handwritten thank you note your immediate handwritten uh, I mean your thank you email are just ways for you to stay top of mind and every time you connect, you can do it, you know, once a week. But as long as you're adding value, they're not going to mind. They're like, wow. All right. That sounds great. So so you you think you can do that a number of times as long as you're sending something interesting and relevant or having kind of an mm -hmm. ongoing conversation with them, even though it feels like it's one way. Correct. Yeah. And even if they don't respond, you are having an effect, even though you don't get a feedback. Um, and I, when I was a recruiter, I was at Fidelity Investments. I was recruiting for 35 positions. And if I would oftentimes get an email or a voicemail and somebody, you know, a candidate would say they were following up. And even just them saying, hey, I, you know, we interviewed a couple of weeks ago. I'm following up on the position. And now I'm doing 35 jobs. I may have li I've likely forgotten them mm -hmm. and it, I may have only seen them 10 days ago mm -hmm. because at the time I was like I said I had 35 jobs I was interviewing five people a day and my phone was ringing off the hook I was stressed out and so just by following up you remind them of something that happened a week or 10 days ago mm -hmm. that they're you know they're like all of us we're all overwhelmed we're trying to just get um you know, get what we have to get done. And recruiters are all measured by their ability to find the right position, the right person to fill a position. And would you um, connect with them on LinkedIn as part of your outreach? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And, and don't just send the standard LinkedIn default message. Oh, I'd like to add you to my LinkedIn <laughs> network. I'm like, no, <laughs> because that's all about you. You wanted to make it about them. Mm. And so, and actually that's, so whenever you're corresponding, you'll start out writing something like, I was impressed with blah, blah, blah. And rewrite the sentence so it starts with you. Mm. Okay. Which makes it, so now your reader is saying, oh, 
it, it just comes across completely differently. Oh, like, you know, your background was so impressive. It was very impressive, and I enjoyed our conversation. Um, I'd like to become part of your LinkedIn network. Got it. That kind of thing. Perfect. Yeah. Um, okay. So um, we're, we need to wrap up soon, but I have a couple of pressing questions. One is we are talking about if you're interviewing with someone who's much younger than you are. Do oh, you yeah. change anything about your strategy if you notice that you know, you're 20 years older than the person who's interviewing you, or is it mm-hmm. always the same strategy? It's mostly the same strategy, but you want to avoid playing the, I have more experience than you. I've been <laughs> on the planet longer than you, because that's just a function of you know, when you arrived on the planet. Right. You know? Uh, you know, you just don't want to call out, you know, like, oh, when I was a younger man, right. or, geez, I remember when uh, Apollo, th- I remember Apollo 13, for Pete's sake. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you exactly. want to be current, and you uh, you don't want to, you don't want to look like an old fogey. You just want to be, you, you know, I'm not trying to make you something you're not, but, right. you know, take care of yourself, you know, have get a haircut, you know, and Trim your nose hairs, guys, for Pete's sake. I mean, <laughs> and my wife's always very happy to to um, guide me toward the 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 more current hipster sport code, or you know. And she's like, "Yeah, you're going on this sales call. Honey, should I wear a tie? Are you kidding me? You're going to Cambridge. No ties allowed in Cambridge." Right. And so uh, you know that if you're going into a business setting, unless it's a financial or banking. Or a stock, you know, you, you're yes. probably not going to wear a tie. All right, if you're a guy. Got it. And um, uh, one one additional question before I, I ask you our final question, and that is, um, what if you give a wrong answer or an incomplete answer? Then do you try to change, the, add to it, or edit it in some way in a written follow up, or do you just let it go? Oh no, I would definitely respond to it if um, you oh, that this is actually normal. There's always points of reflection where you're like, oh, I wish I had said, I wish I had mentioned that. So in your follow-up, you sim- you can start by saying, reflecting on our conversation where you asked me about this, this is what I said. What I forgot to mention mm-hmm. was this. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. That's an excellent question, and everybody has regrets about what they wish they had said, and so you take the follow-up as the, your follow-up messaging as a way to communicate that perfect thank you well we have one final question um that uh we want to ask our guests and that is do you have a favorite piece of relaunch advice or advice for relaunchers even if it repeats something that you already said during this podcast yes uh two things one is if you didn't get paid for the experience it actually may be more important than work that you got paid for because it's work that you chose to do and you did very well. So non-paid work matters and it matters because it's evidence of a skill set that you're that you have demonstrated and paid for work is the same thing. You just had a lot more usually had a lot more people distracting you from it. I love that. The second thing is this is a conversation between two peers you are equals and whether or not it's a conversation is completely up to you if you don't ask uh any questions uh 
Oh, yeah, we didn't do that. If you don't ask any questions throughout the interview, then you have forced it to be an interrogation. And that brings me to one other point is make yourself two or three questions that you want to ask at the end of the interview mm. that and the interviewers say over and over again, that was the best part of the interview. Like, you know, what trends do you see in, tech, in uh, the industry that gives you the greatest concern for disruption? Got it. Or yes. something like that. Or I noticed, I noticed this. What do you think about that? Or go to their, if they're a publicly traded company, go to their 10K, go to their risk <laughs> factors, which, and it's section 1A risk factors. And that's where the top level executives have listed all the things that they're concerned about. And so just pick one of them. You go, hey, I noticed in reading your 10K that this, you know, you're particularly concerned about currency fluctuations, specifically in the European Union, blah, blah, blah. Can you tell me what your perspective is on that? That's great. And then you're going to hear total silence. They're going to go, <laughs> holy crap, she read the 10K. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> that is great <laughs> advice. I love that. Well, thank you, Michael, for joining us today. We oh, are so well. fortunate to benefit from your wisdom. No, you're very kind. For more information about Michael Neese or Interview Mastery, visit interviewmastery1.com. That's interviewmastery and then the number one.com. And be sure to visit us at irelaunch.com in order to get the most important tools and resources for returning to work. Thank you again, Michael, for being with us today. It was a real joy. Thanks very much, Carol. Thanks. If you have any comments or questions, please email us at info at irelaunch.com. That's I-R-E-L-A-U-N-C-H dot com. And be sure to visit our website, irelaunch.com. <laughs>